Hey everyone, Tony and John from Cap City Crown presenting you King's Talk. Um, John, it's been a week since the trade deadline. Been a little over a week since, you know, the big trade involving Sabonis and Halliburton. How are we feeling here in Sacramento? Uh, I think it's uh, it's kind of a moment of shock for people. But shock, you can always overcome. And I think at the end of the day, um, people are going to see that this was a constructive move that needed to probably happen, even if you are giving up somebody like Halliburton. And you can sit there and linger about Halliburton, and it, you're totally right, too. But at the same time, this is the team you got, and they just look different. They run the offense through Sabonis. When you think about how big Sabonis is for this team, it makes a lot of sense. He's a proven guy. And I think last week I said he plays more like a volleyball player, like he doesn't have that much tenacity. I, I, I take that back. <laughs> You know, he's a really good player. And I think one of the most underrated things about this trade is, one, the Kings shipped off Buddy Heald, who, you know, like you said, the relationship with here was kind of marred by a few bad things, and he needed a fresh start somewhere else. Um, but the greatest thing, I think, was getting Justin Holiday and even a little bit of uh, Jeremy Lamb, but Justin Holiday. I I just I've always liked that guy. I always think he's a darn good player, and uh, yeah, I, I I think it's you got to give up something to get something. And I think that was kind of the point last week, and just the fact that you've seen a completely different team, the way they carry themselves, the way they can operate. You know, for the most part in this four game stretch, you can see that. I mean, despite the fact that they've split it two and two, but you know, what do you think? Yeah, they split it two and two, but again, you, they've only been together four games. They're still trying to gel. That the, the Pacers players have only been here four games. The Vincenzo, Lyles, and uh, right. Jackson have only been here three. But at the moment, I'm I'm still content with it. I think this is a trade you can't really judge until, honestly, a couple of years down the line. You see Halliburton performing in Indiana. He's you know, four games himself, averaging 20 and 10, 45 from three, about 50% shooting. He's he's playing like a star, and that's why the Pacers wanted him. He was, you know, traded for an all-star for a reason. But you can't, you can't, you know, dis, what's the word? You, you know, how, how Sabonis and Sack has looked great himself. The, the offense looks totally different. He moves the ball. You get the, you run the offense through him. He's been moving the ball well. The offense just looks a lot better. Fox has even stepped up. I always worried about the fit of Halliburton and Fox together. Right. I always said that after kind of watching them, they were just very. They you know you needed the they needed the ball in their hands to be successful. And you know Fox really struggled at the beginning of the year. I think. That was the reason because he had to share the floor with Halliburton, and you saw Halliburton's numbers dip when Fox was on the floor too. His assist numbers were down, his points were down, and then you saw Halliburton really take off when Fox was injured for those eight mm-hmm. games. So you can see Fox for sure coming out of a shell, really getting back on that scoring load. He's 
I think he's averaging 28 points a game in his last five since Halliburton has been traded, averaging 50% or shooting 50% from the field, 41% from three, which Fox has been a terrible three-point shooter this year, but he's looked pretty good the last couple games. So right. the, the offense looks a lot different. I'm happy with Sabonis. But again, Hal Burns only 21. I know Sabonis is only 25 himself and a two-time All-Star, but this is just a trade you're really going to have to see down the line to really see who won. If the Kings are only going to be fighting for that 7th, 8th spot, uh, is that a win if Halliburton's, you know, doing a little more a little more damage in the East down the line? I'm not sure. I guess we'll see what Halliburton does, and we'll see what Sabonis does. But at the moment, it seems pretty fair to me still. I'm happy with it. The Kings needed to choose a direction. They chose a direction. They brought in an all-star to pair up with Darren Fox. Two and two on the record so far, but, you know, they're still learning to gel together, still learning. They have a lot to prove after the All-Star break. And even at the, you know, even at this, it's the Kings aren't set up to win this season. They're, this was a move to help them in the future. I think next year is a lot more of a judgment to see what the Kings can really do and how this trade will play out. Because you really have to build around Fox and Sabonis. You need to get shooters. They do have some shooters in Justin Holiday, who is with who will be with the Kings next year. But I think you need some more shooting yeah. uh, this offseason for sure. So we'll see. I like I said, it's hard to judge now. I think it's going to be a couple of years until you can fully judge this trade, just based off of how young each player is and see how the Kings can be successful around a Fox and Sabonis duo. Yeah, I see that. And I think the it was really unfair at first because nobody, everybody saw it from a really one-sided way. Like they just saw the headline that the Kings gave up Halliburton. And, uh, you know, people neglect all the things we just talked about. And once they started playing together, I mean, I've been watching the games with the, um, the, the opponents, announcers, and uh, they're their commentators and the way they're talking about the Kings and the, the just kind of the feel around them is different. They're mentioning to their viewership, like this is a different team. This is a team that's, you know, going to be tough. That's what the Nets announcers were saying. The Bulls announcers and the Nets game was, uh, that was kind of a rough one, but you know, that Bulls one, like I, I kind of kept expecting the, the, the Kings to kind of fall out of it, especially with Mitchell out. And I don't know. I just didn't think Sabonis was getting a lot of calls and it's just, you know, not getting to the line. And I think those little points add up, those moments add up and uh, you know, we'll have to see, but it, it does come down to the fact that nobody can really have that solid, you know, was it good or was it not, you know, in the end, because we're not anywhere near that end like you said. And I guess just the interesting thing that I wanted to know was I think what this, the, the big, the ability to essentially chop off a limb to like do something. I don't know, like that, maybe that's a bad analogy, but um, you know, to like, you know, get somebody by giving up something big that might be, you know, a sign that they'll do that again, maybe because there's been talks that Fox might be traded later you know, that uh, Mitchell's the guy that they really want to build around, which makes a lot of sense. Just, you know, the way that guy plays, just the way he is. 
but I don't want to get too off subject there. Just based on the trade deadline, you know, it was pretty good. And, you know, they've played pretty well. I would say that the second unit is something that I'd probably be interested in talking about just because um, I think it's uh, had a little bit of issues. Um, I think to, to start with DiVincenzo, I really like that guy. I think he's he plays like a winner. Um, and I think he'll, his shooting will come along, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's just like, Maybe I shouldn't. It shouldn't start with him. It's just the defense there. I think with the the thing that we said last week was that maybe Rashawn Holmes is going to be like an energetic force off the bench, and I'm just not really seeing that from him. And he almost kind of looked dejected the other night. And uh, he's just. I think the whole defense on the second unit is totally not in sync with um, rolling and switching on men and they're leaving guys wide open. And it seemed like all last night in the hopes to stop the Chicago Bulls offense, this was the starting defense in the second unit, everybody the whole night, there was so much overplaying and double team, but just bad, like defensive movement, you know, on the backside and on, on three point shooters that the bulls were just getting open shots. And I think, one of the things about that is the fact that these guys are kind of all new playing together. And I think that the all-star break is coming at a darn good time because mm-hmm. it'll give these guys an opportunity to uh, <laughs> kind of settle in, you know, but just, I don't know if you had any comment on that kind of bench situation. Yeah. The bench, they've definitely haven't gelled together yet for sure. Holmes, I, I was definitely expecting a little more out of him coming off the bench. I mean, he started his Kings career on the bench. Granted, only a couple games until they moved him to the starting lineup uh, in replace of Dwayne Dedman, who showed, you know, no hustle at all. But, yeah, he's, he's come out definitely slow. And I thought Holmes would really be the anchor of that second unit. But so far, he, he hasn't shown much life. He he's definitely had a tough season. He, after signing a nice, friendly four-year contract in sack, he's definitely d- struggled with injury this year. Got poked in the eye <laughs> and was right. out for a while. He's been kind of struggling with injuries the whole time in sack, honestly. And he, he hasn't really found found his form yet since returning a handful of games ago. I think maybe ten games ago, but he's been kind of struggling even before this bonus trade. But then you get Sabonis, a guy who loves Sacramento, who took a discount to stay in Sacramento, in my opinion. And then you get a you get a center, an all star center, and of course, even Holmes is probably like whatever. Like you got to do what you got to do, but he probably isn't the happiest being moved to the bench, especially for what he did for the city, the life he showed for the city, the discount he took, and he probably isn't the most excited that's not an excuse for him. You still have to play your heart out, but again, he's, he's been struggling the last few games. I heard that a close family member of his died and someone he was really close to. So of course that can take a toll on someone. And maybe we're seeing that on the court, but Could be. you know, he, he's a human too. I get it. But his, his defense, his, his hustle, 
for the second unit has not been the best so far. And maybe, you know, the it's all-star break. Good time to come. Yeah. You can take a breather. And everyone really needs a breather on this team. So it, it did come in a good time. DiVincenzo, glad we got him finally. Yeah. Only for Marvin Bagley, but uh, his shooting, his shooting is terrible. Jeez, his I defense did. and hustle great. And I, you can see why when DiVincenzo steps on the floor, why he's a fan favorite. That guy gives it his all every second. Love to see. I love those hustle players. I think everyone does. That's why oh, they become great. fan favorites, right? Mm-hmm. You wish everyone played. You wish everyone played to that intensity as DiVincenzo oh, yeah. does. But I, he's I was, been. I yeah. wish he would get to the basket more because when he yeah. does that, it's really good. He, there was just too many times where he took threes, especially last night. A or, lot. Uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, and airballing him. He's airballed several threes already. Oh, yeah. It's just kind of. But it's, it's almost kind of like comical in an endearing way. <laughs> I really like him. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, he'll he'll make a couple good plays, make a couple good passes, make a couple. He'll steal a ball, you know, have a good defensive hustle play, and then it's like you're like, all right, everybody's feeling it, you know, like the the red sauce is boiling, and then then he just airballs it. You're like, ah, darn it, I know, like son of a fuck, come on, (laughs) yeah, you know, if you just uh, when's he kind of gels with this situation, I guess. It can only get better, which like you like this seems to be the common theme. But I mean, that's why, you know, with this all-star break coming up, that's why there's reason to be positive about this stretch after the all-star break, because it's like, well, you know, a lot to be happy about. And the things to be, you know, critical of a lot of them are going to kind of iron themselves out with good rest and practice and all-star break provides that. So that'll be good. Yeah, for sure. And coming back to DiVincenzo, yeah, he did have ankle surgery. He's still trying to recover from this. He said he's not even a hundred percent yet. So that could always be something affecting his game, even his shooting. You need your legs and shooting. You need to plant your feet correctly. Maybe he's feeling a little discomfort. I'm not sure because last year he wasn't a bad three point shooter. He's never been the best three point shooter, but I think last year he shot like 37 percent from deep. Oh yeah, which is. That's a good three-point shooter, in my opinion. He's down to yeah, almost 38%. Yeah. He's down to 28% this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like he'll find his shot back. He just hasn't found it yet. I'm not too concerned. Like I said, I think the Kings will make a push for the play-in this year. I think that's their primary goal at this point. Yeah. But you can't really base this trade or any trade or the Kings' success off of this year. It's it's sure. all for next year, and I think DiVincenzo, who is going to be a restricted free agent going into this offseason, you have to get him. It, it wasn't a one-year no rental. It wasn't a half-season rental to go make a play-in. They they traded for him, one, because he, he came cheap just for Bagley. But second, he was on McNair's radar for a minute, obviously, as we try to trade him for bogey, but they're going to try to keep him in sack, and I think he'll play a big part in that second unit. I, I still see him as a second unit guy with Justin Holiday providing shooting uh, next to Fox and some bonus in the starting unit. But DiVincenzo, he's he's going to play a big part in this team down the road. Right. And um, it, I know he's not played the best on offense so far, but you can see his hustle on defense. And Yeah, it's it's like Justin Holiday. I mean, there's been a lot of games for just – I mean, like in the four games Justin Holiday has played for the Kings – 
two of them, he shot the three-point ball terribly, and he just was not shooting well at all. But he impacts the game differently, you know. Mm-hmm. And DiVincenzo, big time, does that to the 10th degree, you know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so he's fantastic. But one more thing on the second unit, because um, I think one of the things – well, first of all, the Kings are second – they give up the second most second chance points in the league. And they, uh, they give up uh, the most points in the uh, paint. And uh, that, uh, I think, is going to change. I mean, I think that's a little going to kind of inch in a better direction because I think, uh, you know, I don't think he's a maybe would be labeled a rim protector, but I think, you know, Sabonis makes a difference as a big man in that defense. But I think you kind of saw that with just kind of going back to Holmes's play, but I mean, hopefully that does get better, but did you think that the Kings should have done something to maybe shore up their interior defense at all? Yeah. It's funny because we're talking about the Pacers. We got some bonus from them. I was I had my eyes more set on Miles Turner. The mm-hmm. Kings needed a guy to lock down the paint, and guess who's one of the best at doing it? Miles Turner. He was on the trading block, and uh, I of course I'd rather have Sabonis now, especially for Halliburton. You can't you can't trade Halliburton for Miles Turner, but I felt like Turner would have fit nice next to Holmes as Holmes can't really stretch the floor, but Turner can, he's a good three point shooter, but, and he's a great interior defender and that's what the Kings need. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was certainly hoping the Kings would make a push for him, but you know, he wasn't that, he wasn't that big name that they needed. Uh, I think they are going to need someone next year to really lock down that paint because yes. I mean, Holmes was doing it most of the year so far and, I, I love Holmes, but he is just way too undersized against centers, and he just gets bullied down there. It, it's it's not fun to watch, and especially on that second chance points too. It's the rebounding. It's so frustrating watching how many offensive rebounds the opponents get every game. It's just they need to cut that down, and I think it'll be cut down with Sabonis. And like you said, the points in the paint will be cut down with Sabonis over Holmes. I think. Sabonis isn't the best defender, but he's definitely a bigger body, bigger than Holmes, and yeah. he can he can match up with those centers a little better than Holmes is doing. But uh, I don't know. I and kind of staying in the interior. I wish Damian Jones would get some more playing time, or maybe even Alex mm. Lynn. If you want some big bodies, they were yeah. playing well. They played yeah. well all all year when they've been plugged in when they needed to. And I get you have Sabonis and Holmes is. 100% your backup center uh, with his contract, but find Jones and Lynn some playing time. They've mm-hmm. played so well and they're bigger bodies. They can hold it down. Not the, you know, not the best defenders. You don't think of them as shot blockers or great defenders, but they can hold it down and they can provide a little spark on offense too when needed. So, uh, I like Damian Jones. Yeah. But would you would you have traded would you have traded Fox for say Miles Turner? No, I wouldn't have traded Fox for Turner either. Turner's not worth that. Turner's not a. He's more like a, I don't know. It'd be like even, I would trade Davion Mitchell for Miles Turner. You honestly. would honestly. 
Yeah, I would have traded Davion. I don't know how to feel about Davion. I, I, I don't like overvaluing over rookies. I know he's playing great. He's he's doing really good so far, but yeah, I think I, I, I think it's fair to say for him that you can't. I think you're right to say you can't overvalue people, and I don't think you can say he's going to be the best of the three. But I think he is like probably him and Halliburton in a similar way, uh, and maybe in different ways. But they both like are always going to have a job in this league because so, mm-hmm. like yeah. he's such a good defender, and he's just he 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 can shoot the three and even if he's doing that off the bench, his whole career, he's going to be really good. But that upside, I mean, man, if he can be that kind of two way player, that'd be incredible. But I mean, you can sit there and I guess fantasize about all of them, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, But yeah, I guess it just depends, you know, depends. I don't know. I guess, I guess you think the Pacers really want, I don't know. I haven't heard anything specific about the trade but i'm guessing halliburton was a pretty big reason it got pulled from the pacers point of view yeah honestly i think that the trade wasn't going to happen unless it was halliburton at that position i think the kings probably tried to even offer fox and they said no Mm -hmm. and we want Halliburton. yeah I, i i think fox is great i think he's a great player he's a great scorer but Halliburton holds more value in this league purely for his IQ and his shooting. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, and he's got that respect. I mean, just the way everybody reacted. It was an overreaction, but it just, it was, it was indicative of the way he's regarded. And it's totally justified. I know. And something that I noticed after this trade deadline, after that trade with Sabonis and Halliburton, I didn't realize how. Like known Halliburton was throughout the league. I and I in Sacramento, we don't get a lot of media attention and stuff. But I was kind of looking around like accounts and media, and uh, yeah, wow, like a lot of people really respect Halliburton and see him as a really good player, and for only playing a year and a half in, in Sacramento of all places. So it kind of amazed me how how much he was known around the league already, even with his third in the third in the rookie of the year voting. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. And <laughs> it made me a little more upset that we traded him. People, <laughs> people do see the value in him, but no, yeah, people, people, people would have said the same exact thing. If you traded Fox before this season. Yeah, very true. And I'm glad you said that because <laughs> I, I, I've fallen into this myself a little where, Fox was the man. He 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 wanted to bring Sacramento out of the gutters, right? I'm pretty sure he said that in the past. And he yeah. he'd been here for what his fifth year now, mm-hmm. and he played spectacular last year, like one of the best Sacramento seasons ever. One of four players in Sacramento Kings history to average 25 points a game. So you don't see talents like Fox come around sack very often. Uh, he definitely had it was having a down year this year until this trade. And it makes sense. Him and Halliburton weren't fitting. But I think mm-hmm. people started realizing that uh, Halliburton might be kind of the better player here. He's a better passer. He's basically better at everything than scoring. And who knows? Maybe only time will tell until Halliburton starts dropping 25 a game. He's dropping 20 right now in Indiana and also averaging 10 dimes. So, uh, But getting back to the point, Fox 
signed here. He he signed a max contract to stay here. And of course, he doesn't want to lose here. He wants to win. He wants to bring Sacramento, like I said, out of the gutters. So it is kind of a shame, like you said, if he would have been traded last year, it would have been the same reaction. Uh, so I totally get what you're saying. And yeah. Do you have anything to add to that? Well, just because on that little thing you said, I, I, I do want to say, like, I think you'd be kind of crazy to say you wouldn't rather watch Halliburton play with Sabonis and all these guys than Fox because <laughs> that'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah, imagine the ball movement. Imagine the ball movement with Halliburton and Sabonis. Man, just because, I mean, this the shooting element. It just adds a whole other thing <sighs> with, with Halliburton. That's the big difference. I know. But I know. you have to be realistic. You have to be realistic. Yeah. That's the important thing. Yeah, and of course, Indiana wanted Halliburton, not just because of his play. It's because of his age. He's 21. He's on a rookie contract. You know, getting yeah, paid nothing yeah. for his production. That's Indiana's true. trying to rebuild. They don't want a – again, Fox isn't that old. He's, what, 23, 24 now? Mm-hmm. But he, he's on that max contract. So at that point, you're, Fox is your future. You don't really have a choice. You have to build around this guy, even if you don't want to. Like, I see Indiana – and everyone's already fallen in love with Halliburton in Indiana, and rightfully so. But they're right. like, this guy's the future. This guy's the future. And I think he will be. But they have the, you know, they have the leisure of in case Halliburton, you know, something happens or his play drops. It's like, oh, okay, we don't want you after your rookie contract. With Fox, it's like, oh, we're paying this guy 30 mil the next four years. And mm-hmm. just say Fox had the drop in production. So I get it. Halliburton's contract is a lot more favorable for indiana than foxes but that's why we signed fox we wanted him here um i don't think anyone expected (laughs) to draft another point guard and have him be maybe better than fox because fox was a man it's kind of interesting it's like okay i remember we drafted halliburton i'm like okay i don't really know who this guy is um but okay like yeah you gotta trust the draft especially if he's a point guard probably pass best player available and um i don't think anyone expected the kings to draft a point guard who's gonna perhaps be better than fox because fox is their future and then you kind of go back or then you go to the next year and we draft another point guard it's very interesting what's going on but well i think a good way to look at it is this 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 organization was a car with no driver behind the wheel or with multiple hands on the wheel Mm -hmm. and this is a car straightening itself out and it's going to kind of, there's going to, you're it's a little bumpy getting back on the road, you know, and it's just kind of funky and you hope that you hope it all works out. You hope you're going the right way, you know, not coming in oncoming traffic or anything, but you know, to be fair to Fox, he's lighting it up right now. Yeah. And he's, I guess that's kind of his thing, isn't it? Just kind of, doing it late in the season you know yeah kind of just being a stud so i mean you'd like to see he didn't he got off to a horrible start um it was kind of up and down yeah Uh, up and down it wasn't awful but after scoring 25 points a game averaging like seven and a half assists yeah and see those numbers drop significant not significantly but very noticeable drop. It was 
it's a little frustrating. It's like, yeah, like, come on, dude. Like you're, you're supposed to take that next step. You're, we're, you're like borderline all-star last yeah. year and we want to see you an all-star this year. And you take a drop or he's not even borderline all-star this year. Oh yeah. The whole conversation, the whole mentality around Fox changed with the start to this year. Cause it was, it was just like, Oh man, Hey, <laughs> this is the era for Tierra and Fox. And then all of a sudden it's just like, yeah, you know, Halliburton, man, let's trade Fox, you know, I don't know. I feel like that kind of started happening. And then, well, you know, we don't need to rehash all that stuff, but he is playing very well. And, you know, he's put together a great month so far here in February Mm -hmm. and he's continued it and looked really great with Sabonis there. Um, Yeah. They're just going to light it up, but you know, they got to, get some more cohesion to this team, especially on the defensive end. 100%. Loving Sabonis and Fox so far. Defense, on the other hand, it's been an issue for years now in SAC and still looks like an issue right now. That's going to be a key uh, point that Monte is going to have to address in the offseason, as it's going to be. It should have been every year for a long time now, but maybe with Sabonis and Fox, you can kind of sell that to better defenders or even just better players on the market this year to maybe come over to sack. So mm-hmm. we'll see again, kind of like what I said at the beginning of this talk of this podcast is this, this is a trade that's going to go down or not go down. It's going to be hard to judge until a couple of years because right now this roster construction, if you started them, oh man, if you started in game one, it's just like you're, roster all year I, I still i still don't seem like a top playoff scene you, you definitely need a couple other pieces solid yes. pieces around them to really get them over the hump so um next year is going to be big and it's 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 going to uh rely a lot on what monte does to build around this team and see where i guess halliburton goes with his time in indiana so mm-hmm. it was a good trade deadline very exciting but going yeah. do you have anything else to add to the trade deadline no, it just sticks to the thing. It's just like this has to be the first of many steps, and this is a good first step if that is indeed the case. Pretty much in my my thought on it. Mm-hmm. So maybe to get off the Halliburton talk <laughs> <laughs> to not upset all those Kings fans out there who are still trying to get over it, still going through the grieving process, maybe talk about something a little more lighthearted. Did you see that? <laughs> the Lakers are trying to trade Russell Westbrook for Buddy Heald. I mean, oh my God, that's <laughs> that's, that's kind of laughable. It's just like <laughs> we had this trade in the summer to give Buddy to the Lakers. Like, just give us Kuzma and Harrell, which have been great pieces in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And that deal was just about to get done. And then Washington's like, we'll give you Westbrook for those two and give us KCP. And then the, <laughs> I, I, it's hard to blame the Lakers. Like Westbrook, like, wow, big three of LeBron, Westbrook, and AD. Of course, that is turning around to bite them in the butt. And they're yeah. looking to dump Westbrook. But it's just so funny that it's like, all right, we're like we're done with him. We'll take Buddy now. Take like a bet, Monte. I, I, I forget how, like, I doubt talks were very advanced. But I bet Monte just picked up the phone and just hung it up. We, we don't want Westbrook. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Lakers' stupidity screwed over the trade because the Lakers did the dumb move. Yes. You know? And then and then they want to call us up about it. Yeah. 
They want to call us up to fix it. <laughs> what? Yeah, for the that's... player, for the player they could have had if they did. It wasn't like we'll take Fox or Westbrook. It was like, all right, like maybe we should have just taken Buddy. Like we'll give you Westbrook. Like, he's an All Star. It's Westbrook. It's like, dude, shut up. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, like that's what you say what you want about the Kings, but it's like with the Lakers. Sometimes all you want to say is shut. You're, you 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 made your bed sleep in it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah, it's just it's laughable. It's there's a lighthearted turn in the conversation. I, I know. Russell it, Westbrook is probably my least favorite player in the league, uh, and it gets worse and worse every year. I, yeah, you know what? I respected him. I it's funny Westbrook. Right? I guess we're gonna go on a lower Westbrook tangent, but um, I I hated Westbrook. I hated him. It's like the KD Harden. I'm like, this guy's annoying. And then KD, or then Harden leaves. And I'm like, okay, I still don't like you. And then KD leaves. And I'm like, okay. I, I kind of respect this guy. That's when he like averaged a triple double. Um, and that was like cool. Like, just like he's leaving the OKC, like a little small, small market team with a bunch of nobodies. Like, Steven Adams was his next best player. Um, and that's like I liked Westbrook. I'm like, okay, like good for this guy. He's st- he's stuck around, and then you get like Paul George and Carmelo, and he's like averages triple doubles the next two seasons, but isn't really playing winning basketball. And of course, he's gonna win with Paul George and Carmelo, but um, and then you kind of get those rumors that he's just selfish and he's like a stat hoarder. But it makes sense. I mean, guys who <laughs> average triple doubles three straight seasons, not easy task, but you definitely looking at numbers at points. And then, yeah, and then that's just when I started hating him again. Then he goes to Houston, and he's bounced around. I mean, within four years, he's played for four different teams, from OKC right. to Houston to Washington and now L.A. So, yeah, there was a time where I actually kind of liked Westbrook. but I, been... see I see that. I totally see that little second. But it's like he used that use that as like a reason to become like self-indulged you know yeah yeah <laughs> right he just thought he's the ultimate thing i don't know i watched a few games i remember watching him in washington <laughs> and there just be like long stretches where he's not on the court and he's got like a towel over his head I'm like is he gonna talk about this guy <laughs> i don't know there's it's like a weird energy around him where it's just like is he like deeper than everybody else or something? Is that what he'd think? I don't know. That's my unprofessional perspective. I think I get a little biased when I talk about Westbrook. Just not a fan. Just not a fan. Yeah, I think I think Westbrook. I don't think there's a lot of Westbrook fans in the league. I think a lot of people just not even don't. for the Lakers. Yeah, honestly, his, <laughs> his own team, his own team's fans don't even like him. They hate him. Yeah, he's had he's had a pretty bad year, honestly. Shooting low. I mean, Mr. Cold as Ice. <laughs> it's cold as ice for a reason. Lakers have been underwhelming. Love to see it. So, no complaints there. Just funny. They... What if? What if he? Came, what if he came to Sacramento? <laughs> uh, what, what's Westbrook's like? What's his contract? I, I know it's huge, but for how much longer? Let's look it up. Let's, look it up. let's check it out. Because I'm like, okay, maybe. <laughs> I would definitely wouldn't want him here, but if it's like he's like on contract for one more year, or like he's like a free agent after this year, mm-hmm. I'd be like, whatever. But if he's like on here, I know it's a massive contract. It's like forty-five million a year. <laughs> he found it. Wait, 
<laughs> These are the fines and suspensions. This is not the the deal. Okay. So <laughs> he he is signed. He he signed through next year. There you go. Um, next year he will be making forty-seven million. He's going to be making forty-seven million next. Year. He's making forty-four this year, but forty-seven million. <laughs> I imagine having that. Like you, you... <laughs> dude. That's insane, but I'm just, I don't know. I, this is really off topic, and I, we'll get back, we'll get back on track. But I'm just looking at I just stumbled upon these fines and suspensions. Man, you get like $4,000 fines for multiple technical fouls. <laughs> and I'm just looking at all these multi-thousand dollar fines that he's just racked up this season. Guy was like the league, like $15,000, $20,000. It was ridiculous. How many texts has he had? I don't know. Like, yeah. He has one eject. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Thirteen. He's got third lucky number thirteen, it looks like. Okay. I, I remember Westbrook has always been at the top of the league in technicals. Him and Draymond and when Cousins was playing full time. It was always always them at the top. So I'm not surprised to hear it. But <laughs> that is kind yeah, of dude, yeah. That's, friggin', that's crazy. This is thirty-one thousand dollars season from technical fouls. <laughs> Anyways, um, enough about Westbrook, huh? Yeah, yeah. We can. Uh, we'll stop talking about Westbrook, even though he's a character. He makes me laugh. He really makes me laugh. I love all the videos of him just doing silly stuff on the court. Who is? Who made this cartoon of a man? <laughs> Russell Westbrook for you, ladies and gentlemen. He's uh he's a clown, but <sighs> do you wanna you wanna talk about some of the games, the four games, the three games that have been played since we last talked? Yeah, the um the Washington game, I think the one thing I want to say about the Washington game, because they played well, they played well in the end. Um is the Kings have got to get off to better starts. Because if they got off to a better start, they could blow that team out if they wanted mm-hmm. to. And I, again, I think that'll be something that they'll be able to do maybe after the All-Star break. But that's my main takeaway. Because the next two games, the ones where it's like, okay, that's where we need to talk about something. Because, well, the Nets game was interesting. Because the Nets game, it's like, yeah, we lost to the Nets without, you know, name every good player on the nets that you know, and there's a good chance he wasn't playing. And <laughs> I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but at the end of the day, you can't beat a team, an NBA team. If you shoot what they shot, I got it right here somewhere. They got, they shot 34%. They shot 34% against the nets. 51%. They shot 25% from three to the, to the nets, 34%. And, I mean, you're not going to win those games. But, okay, I why why are the Nets shooting 51% against you? Like, I, yeah. They had Seth Curry. You had Andre Drummond. You had Cam Thomas, who he's a rookie, and he's looked good. But, oh, my God. It, it, uh, Goes back to that defensive kind of like there was just – well, you know what that was weird with Curry? Is there was a, Curry was just on something at the beginning. And yeah. a, a second point, I think, in the second half, where it was just like it was like Demar Derozan last night, where it was like cramity. Yeah. Um, but it's like at least Derozan, you expect that. 
Or sure. Curry. I, not Curry's a good player. He's a great shooter. It's like, I mean, like they were just running. Curry at point was just running around screens. I'm like, just, just switch off on this guy. Like, he's going to shoot it. Like, you, yeah. you know what he's about to do? He was just, he was just draining them. It's like, okay. Right. You got to switch off on this screen. I, I don't care if Sabonis is on the perimeter. It's like, obviously, Mitchell trying to work through a screen isn't working. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but to get back to the Nets and just and without any of their good players, I'm like rubbing my temples right now trying to talk about this. But, geez, how many times have the Kings lost this year against teams who don't have anybody on their, on their roster because they're all hurt or something? Like, Oh my goodness! And that was a game. I was really hoping that the like the Sabon the new Sabonis led team and Fox and I just I was hoping that they could change the narrative of this year of at least beating a team down their best players. Mm-hmm. And they they lost by like twenty. They lost by like twenty five. It's like yeah. Oh, it's I I don't get it. It's frustrating to watch. Like you it, said, yeah, the King shot 34% to the Nets 51. But it's like, why are you shooting 34% against oh, they they looked they looked they looked way slower. They didn't they didn't look like they were on it at all. I mean, like it was a complete drop off from the from the game before. You know? Yeah. And because like what Mo Harkless shot hundred percent against the yeah, Wizards. hundred. And it's... then he went 0 for two <laughs> against the Nets. Which I would like to talk about Mo Harkless, because I have mixed feelings about that, man. Yeah, tell me. I think he's a veteran player. I think he does he doesn't do a lot of things to hurt you, but I don't know that he does a lot to really help you. Just because I think it's I mean like he's been shooting well of late and like the you know, uh, not in these last couple of not last two games, but like over the last couple of weeks, overall the numbers have been up. And I mean he's he scores he scores points and like you look at his numbers all season he's not a bad player but it's just like. I don't know. You kind of like, I think you said it last week, if this team could have gotten a better like stretch four. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Harkless is our poor man stretch four at the moment and nothing against Harkless. I think he's a, one of the, one of the yeah. team's best defenders for sure. But I mean, that hundred percent shooting night scoring 17 points, it's definitely an anomaly for him. Uh, yeah. More to say on it. Well, I was just gonna say, like, I mean, even he's 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 good. He's a good defender to the degree that, like, when he's got the defender, he's got someone to defend right there. But there's so many times. I think it was in the just in the Chicago game, they were just overplaying so much, and there was a couple of times where I was just, I was watching, uh, uh, I forget what we're talking about. More Harkless, just the. They're just inching too far. Everybody's just overplaying a little too much. It wasn't just him. It was other guys. But it's just like when you think about that starting unit, you know, that starting and technically that closing unit, you know, you just kind of expect a little better. You would just kind of like to iron things down. I don't know. That's why I wanted to talk about it because I don't want to speak poorly of Mo Harkless because, I, like I said, I don't dislike the guy. Um, I don't want to speak poorly of him. But it's just interesting. Because I get everybody else. I get it. And also, it was a really inopportune game, that Nets game, for Justin Holiday to have one of his bad shooting nights. Mm-hmm. That was a really poor chance, poor opportunity, you know, poor, poor timing on that one. Um, yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, Harkless, the Kings are really going to have to get a better power forward next year or even get a stretch five and move some bonus to the four who can play it. But again, stretch fives aren't very easy to come by. Miles Turner, they tried it in Dwayne Dedman a couple of years ago, and we all saw how that turned out. So, yeah. Yeah, you really need you really need that real form. Mo Harkless, he's not a starter in this league, and he's starting for the Kings, and that just shows you the Kings' depth right there at the at the power forward position. Definitely, definitely their weakest spot uh, after the Sabonis addition. So you get on point guard, you got Fox and Davion, shooting guard. So okay, you got Holiday and Divincenzo right now. I'd say it's quality. It's good. I'm very happy with it. Uh, small forward, yeah, Barnes, and uh, I guess, yeah, you can plug in Holiday there, you can plug in Lamb, you can even plug in Harkless if you need to. Um, not the best depth, because I feel like Barnes is really our only true small yeah, he forward. Really holds that down. Yeah, and then power forward for sure. I mean, you have Harkless and Lyles now after getting rid of Bagley, and it wasn't like Bagley was much of an improvement. Mm-hmm. Center, you're pretty good with Sabonis and uh, homes now so they're definitely going to have to upgrade their wing still their forward position specifically if you keep holiday and divincenzo at the shooting guard which i'm totally happy with i think those are right. a couple good three and d guys if divincenzo starts hitting his threes down a little better but you definitely need to work on those forward spots the four especially because mo harkless off the bench i'm, I'm honestly i'm not oh, upset that's great but a starting it's like it's either him or metu and and Metsu's not, but he's showing Metsu's a lot of another, yeah. another guy that you'd like to have on the bench. You don't yeah. want to start him. You don't want no. to spoil all yeah. the things you like about him by starting him and then being disappointed. Exactly. He's not He's not a starter in this league, and that's okay. No. But don't overvalue him. Don't. And it wasn't like the Kings are overvaluing him. They needed a power forward to start the game. Of course, he's like the only available power forward with Harkless mm-hmm. missing like every was, other game. It's like mm-hmm. you were saying, he's playing well. He's he's playing better than people expected. Yeah. And, you know, putting up pretty good good numbers. Yeah, so, but... Still, no, you're right, though, to say that why, why are the Nets shooting better? Why are we shooting so poorly? Why are we not getting better looks? I mean, was that the game where Sabonis wasn't exactly... Yeah, so Bonus came out after the game saying he didn't want to step on anyone's toes, still trying to learn the team, trying to learn the offense, but he understands that he needs to be more aggressive. And I get that. He's a it's new player to any team. You you want to be probably more selfish. You don't want to be like the ball hog right off the bat. Um, we saw that in Indiana when Buddy got like eight assists his first game. Like when's the last time Buddy Heald got eight assists in Sacramento? Probably uh-huh. I have no idea. That'd be an interesting trivia question. Yeah, honestly, it's probably been a long time. So I get it. Um, but at the same time, you, you lose to the Nets without – and now Simmons, because Simmons is a net yeah, now, obviously. Yeah, I think I wrote down, was it? It was uh, – They didn't have Simmons, Joe Kyrie, Harris, yeah. Kyrie, or Durant. Right. <laughs> and they had, they had Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and Cam Thomas and – other I was people. convinced that was Steph. I was convinced. Right. It's like, no way. <laughs> sure looked like Steph out there. But I it, and that's something in general that the Kings are gonna have to cut down if they want to become a playoff team. 
is that they're going to have to start winning games they should be winning. And yeah. and that's, I mean, it's hard to say that as a Kings fan. Like, they should have always win, won the games they should be winning if they want to be a good team. Because the, the Kings are also a team that other teams say about that, you know? You, you shouldn't be losing to the Kings, obviously. Um, <laughs> well, like I said, no, they, they're, they're, taking us, they're taking the Kings differently. They yeah. really are. Well, they should now. But I'm saying in the past. Oh, it's yeah. always lo- like you lose these games. Oh yeah, there's not many teams that have been worse than the Kings in the last several years, but there's been enough times where we've lost to those teams too. And it's like you got to win that game. You you've been given a crappy team to play against. You have to win it. And until the Kings start winning those crappy games or those games against crappy teams, they're not going to go anywhere. And um, that's why I was a little upset against that Nets game. Or with that Nets game, it was game you should be winning, mm-hmm. and instead you get blown out. So I agree. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna blow it out. You know, blowing it in a little out of proportion. No, I think that was a really rough game. That was disappointing. Yeah, it was. The teams knew though. I get it. You gotta, they gotta play a couple more games under their belt together. But um, so they, you know, we I think we really see their full potential. But I don't know. <laughs> I, I hate losing those games, and I think after we've lost, we've we lost to the Hornets this year, which was a hard game to lose, where they were out everyone, literally. It was like that like SNL skit of them grabbing it. I swear they had nobody, and we lost that game. We lost to the Trailblazers without like Lillard or CJ or Nurkic. We lost to the Sixers without any of their starters. Yeah, it's just like it's one after another. It's it's winning game, guys. Come on, you, <laughs> you're given like a nice opportunity against a team without their best player. Like, take advantage of it. You gotta you gotta take advantage of it. But they've yeah, shown yeah. that they're not taking advantage of it. They gotta start doing that. They want to be yes. good. It'll be a big, big indication of something good if they do start doing that. Yeah. Yeah, that is honestly. A huge problem. You got to be a disciplined team. You've got to go out there and you got to go out there and battle and you got to go out there and beat teams that you should beat. I mean, it's yeah. as simple as that. You got to be able to, you got to just handle it. I, I want to see some blowouts here. Come on. They didn't have Durant, I, Simmons. And, yeah. What the hell? And they can do it too. They can yeah. totally do it. Kings rarely blow out a team. They rarely blowout teams. And I'm talking about like a blowout from the start to finish. Yes. And it's hard for any team, but like I want to see a couple more of those cuz I know for sure it happens to us quite often where it's like I'm turning off this game after the second quarter. Like <laughs> I know it's over. I'm turning this game yeah. off. So again, are the the Kings aren't an elite team yet. But I Sabonis Fox, I'm going to put a little pressure on them. I this is a great tandem. Great duo together, especially on the offensive side. Like I'm gonna start seeing us run up some points on some teams. That they can do it. Defense, you know, it's gonna fall on Divincenzo's lap. Uh, Sabonis's, uh, not Sabonis, sorry. Um, Divincenzo. Uh, man, who was I even thinking of? Oh, Mitchell, of course. Davion Mitchell. I wanted him to. He's played great defense so far. Um, Holiday. I want to see his three and D a little more. Mm-hmm. Harkless, Barnes. We got some good defenders on this team and. They need to step up too, uh, and you know what Fox and Sabonis do as well. So blowouts. That's what I'm gonna put on the Kings. I want to see. Uh, want to see a couple blowouts, but to end the season against teams they should be blowing out. 
with their new look lineup. I hear that. I hear that. And it's it. I think you're right because it is important to do it start to finish and they just have got to get off to better starts. And you know what? They need to get off to better starts to either start the game or start the half because it's one or the other for this team. They either start off well in the to start off the game, but then they come out so bad in that third quarter and we've seen it for again, yeah. just like their bad defense. It's been something that's always plagued the Kings for the last several years. It's they're starting and um, they're starting either games or halves, and mm-hmm. that's what really throws them behind. Right, it negates that first half. Hundred you know? percent. Yeah, it's below it all the way. But uh, that Chicago Bulls game, if you're done with the Nets game, yeah, <laughs> so I, that was kind of the Nets game was. I I think you're totally right to be frustrated. Yeah, as. It was, that it was a big range. step, big step back from the two nights prior to it against Washington. Yes, where you saw them kind of come together and look like a really good team. Um, but Chicago was interesting because I kind of almost started getting cynical in the second half, where I thought, "Oh, the the Bulls are just going to pull away and run away with this." But it was pretty competitive to the end. I mean, the Bulls were always a step or two ahead of the Kings. It felt like. Um, what did you think about that game? <sighs> Not a terrible loss. I know they were down Levine mm-hmm. and Lonzo Ball. Um, yeah, kind of touching on the last subject. Yeah, but I would have been surprised if they won this game, especially after the way they played the Nets. Um, mm-hmm. It gave me a lot of hope, honestly. <laughs> but they did play well. I was fully expecting the Bulls to take just, you know, really mm-hmm. just blow, start blowing them away. But the Kings hung in there. Um, like you kind of mentioned on this podcast already, Sabonis didn't seem like he could buy a foul at points. He was really, and it seemed like there was a lot of lot of contact on some plays where it wasn't going King's way, but it was going Chicago's, and that's that's always frustrating. You can't always put blame on the refs, and it's always hard to put blame on the refs. But I I didn't like that. I, mm-hmm. I try not to play through refs or let let or say refs affect gains, but I definitely noticed it a little more in that game for sure. But they definitely hung in there. I was happy to see it. Of course I'd have been happier with the win. But one thing I did not like to see is Kobe White peeing yeah. off on us. And he did it he does it. There's always there's these players against the Kings that just for some reason they, they see the Kings and they just tee off on them. And I, I get it. There's players do that against certain teams right some some oh, players man. just like other teams a little better but i feel like there's a handful of players who love doing it to the kings and i feel like the kings get a lot more than other teams do another example robert covington just always goes off against the kings but kobe white he's still a young player but he has definitely put his targets on the kings as a team that he's going to tee off on and i uh, dude cannot miss and it's so frustrating to like, lock this guy down there's no reason not saying Kobe White's a bad player. He's a solid player, solid young talent. Yeah. But I I don't want Kobe White beating you. I no, don't gotta, like that. They gotta they gotta lock that down. You're right, because he scored 31 points. He was six of eleven from three. You yeah. know, that was ridiculous. Uh, even Javante Green hit three big threes. He was three of four. Yeah, and... I think he's what what's Javante Green shooting from three this season? Twenty-eight no, percent. Let's look that up. Javante Green. I am pretty sure it's not a high percentage. And that's a problem. That that's not 
like a Kobe White thing either. Some like I mean, Chris Boucher is another one. He's just he's, he's shooting 30, 34. Uh, okay. 35%, 35%. Okay, okay, fine. Yeah. I won't be so upset about it. But yeah, it's, it's 75%. Hey, he shot 37% last season. What the heck? I thought he was a bigger guy. He was a shooting guard last year. Javante? Are you thinking about Jamichael by chance? No, this guy is a but Javante Green was he's a big I mean I six four. I would have thought he was like you know, I don't know, six six maybe, but he was a big he's a big body guy, didn't he? Kind of tough. I'm not gonna get into I'm, it last night. <laughs> I'm not I'm not the most I'm not the most knowledgeable in Javante Green's career. I was just watching a lot of stuff. I don't know. But I don't know. I will stand to being uh, I'm open to being corrected there. Yeah, same here. Um yeah, that game was I don't know. It just came down to defense. You see you 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 put in a couple more stops there. I mean you lost by seven points. You put in a couple more stops there, you can win that game. Yeah. And I don't know. I just feel like even if they do get a little bit of a little run going where they're scoring and they're holding, you know, the opponent, the Bulls at the time, uh, sometimes you get like a change of unit and then all of a sudden the Bulls are going off and they're getting open back cuts or getting open to the corner. And it just got frustrating. They got frustrated and watched just from a basketball fan standpoint, you know? Yeah. Because it's like, other than that, they were playing pretty well. I mean, Fox, like we said, is killing it. But, and then Sabonis came back and had a pretty darn good game. Yeah, he did. Uh, he assists. Yeah, and eight assists. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, yeah, like like you were saying a second ago, it's, it's just a couple more, more stops and they could win. Uh, the, the Kings, they had their offense flowing at points for sure. And it's like, okay. You just need to get a stop, and that stop never came. That's what mm-hmm. killed them. They could never get a run going because the right. Bulls kept scoring. They kept matching them, and they matched them a little better. Um, it, yeah, it, like I said, it wasn't the worst loss. I would have been surprised if DeRozan has been on an absolute tear. He just, you see, he broke Wilt Chamberlain's record seven, seven straight games of averaging 35 or of scoring. 35 or more points a game while shooting over 50%. Yeah. And when you, when you beat Wilt Chamberlain's record, you're doing something right. So DeRozan's been playing unreal and you can, I can take a loss to a guy playing like that, even without, right. like I said, ball or Levine, but that was a game that was in their hands. They, like you said, just a couple more stops. Oh, well, um, on to the all-star break. I guess so. I mean, what was um, I'm interested to know because I mentioned the fact that we are like one of the worst at giving up second chance points in the league. And I just from memory, I remember there were a couple of second chance opportunities that the Bulls had. I'm trying to find where it said second chance points. Should be right here, I thought. I don't know. I can't find it. But, you know, I think that's always a huge problem, you know. There's been a few times where it's the ball kind of gets out into no man's land and the other team just gets an offensive rebound or we have an opportunity for an offensive rebound and mm-hmm. we don't get it. So you'd almost kind of like to see, I mean, I know Sabonis really comes in and, you know, is like a vacuum cleaner for those rebounds, but 
maybe a little. And De'Aaron Fox has been putting up some pretty good rebounding numbers. Um, He's averaging five over his last five. Yeah. That's good. He had six rebounds last night. How many did he have against the Nets? He had eight one night, I thought. Um, yeah, he uh, did against the – I think it was against the Wizards or maybe yeah. even the Timberwolves. Um, yeah. Maybe yeah, I remember two. that. Davion had like eight or nine the other night himself. Mm-hmm. And I like DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo's a guard yeah. who oh, really yeah. grabs some boards. I like seeing that. And I already knew that, but, you know, finally seeing it first person or first hand on your own team, it's like, dang. You love to see it. You love those guards grabbing those boards, especially Wonder. when the bigs are having some trouble. It's like, okay, this guy grabbed an eight. He set a career high in steals the other night, too, against the Nets. He grabbed five for his career high. I thought that was, like, it's crazy. I guess that was cool. It's like, okay, this guy plays defense. He hustles. Even even in a blowout loss, you know, he's he's grabbing some steals. Let's yeah, see. I know. That is crazy. Yeah. He's a stud. Yeah. It's uh it's it's a fun it's fun to watch the Kings. It was definitely getting hard there for a minute until that trade deadline. So definitely glad there's a new team to definitely revamp my interest. I know the fans' interest for as well. So um but now you know, at the all-star break. Couldn't have come at a better time for some of these players. Um, unfortunately, there's going to be no Kings in the in the weekend at all. Davion was supposed to be in like the Rising Stars Challenge, or I, I don't even know what they're doing anymore with that. It's like a shooting challenge. I think there's different challenges, but he's supposed to be in that shooting challenge and the game. But he's has right hand soreness, so he's going to be out of that. And obviously, Halliburton was going to be in that too, but. He's no longer a king. So, it's always fun to watch the All-Star Weekend. Always like the slam dunk contest. I think Saturday's the best with the skills, three-point, and slam dunk contest. So, I'll definitely be tuning into that just to hang out, watch it. Always a good time. All-Star game. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, the All-Star Weekend is a good time to refresh and take your mind off basketball. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, give the players a much, much needed rest. So they can do whatever they're doing in All Star Weekend, and you know it's almost kind of a gift. That's what I always thought. Like when for like a pro baller in the NFL, it's dang it. I'm like, hey, really? Either don't want to make the playoffs, or I want to go to the Super Bowl because I do not want to go to that Pro Bowl weekend. You know? Like, yeah, it just sound terrible. Yeah, like, I don't know. The Pro Bowl, especially, it's at the end of the season. Seems so stupid. No one cares. I, I've never watched the Pro Bowl. I've never watched it. And like, well, I don't care. I think it, I watched it in like 2009 or 10, and it was just like it was like a four and a half hour game. <laughs> that sounds awful. It was ridiculous. I I liked when baseball meant something too. It's like okay, home field advantage. It's kind of stupid sometimes when you have like this crappy team has home field advantage against the one seed like a wild card team but it's like you know what get to the all-star game and try to win it yourself at least it meant something there was like some stakes behind it it's not like that anymore but it was one of the more creative moves of the mlb considering their track record yeah yeah very much so (laughs) so uh nba eh, at least you get to see some highlights i guess even if they're not who's in the slam dunk contest this year um god i think it's one Toscano Anderson for sure. Nice. Um, I, just, I don't even know. Let me see. 2022 slam dunk contest. 
Yeah, I know Juan Toscano for sure. I know. Let me see. So it's going to be Cole Anthony, Jalen Green, Obi Toppin, and Juan Toscano Anderson. That's actually not a bad. It's not a bad trio. That'd be kind of okay. Toppin and Green, they're high flyers. I don't really watch Cole Anthony much. I know Juan Toscano can throw it down himself. So it'll be fun. I, I really don't know who's in the three point shooting contest. I mean, I assume the best three point shooters. <laughs> but I'm not sure if like Curry's in it or what. Let's see. I don't know that he is. Participants. There's like teams for everything now. So it's like it says participants. Team Antetokounmpo. Oh, Crimey. Yeah. Oh no, sorry. that's a skills challenge. I don't care. I don't care about the skills challenge really. Um three point contest. You got Van Vliet, Desmond Bain. Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, CJ McCollum, Patty Mills, Cat, and Trey Young. So, not the biggest name of players. You have, what, one All-Star, two All-Stars, and you got four All-Stars in there. But, and I don't know. When you have Steph Curry in the league and Clay Thompson, if they're not in it, who cares? Yeah, no, that's right. true. Or if there's not a king in there, too. Like when Buddy won. I know, Buddy, Buddy's a great three-point shooter. He's really one of the best in the league. He really should be revered for that, but yeah, I agree. Those guys, I mean, come on. Come on. You're going to tell me there's a three-point shootout and those guys aren't in it? Right. That's stupid. Yeah, I, I get it. You can only do it. You can only win it so much. You're going to try, you're gonna try to sell that to international audiences? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Des- Desmond really Bain's going to win it. It's yeah. like, oh, great. Well, below Desmond... up India. They'll be yeah. a little happy. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I feel bad. Yeah. It's kinda seems kinda seems like a lot of show. Or just kind of being like, eh, this used to be cool. But whatever, I don't need to dog on the festivities. It'll be fun. It's always a good time. No matter who's in it, it's always fun seeing you know, just these contests. I, I sometimes the three point shootout's better than the slam dunk contest. Uh depending on how good the dunks are. But the three point shootout it's always competitive. It's always fun to watch. I'm, you know, I'm when I play pickup basketball, I'm a shooter. So I always, I always like watching those guys. So, and shooting has been a lot more popular in today's NBA. Thanks to Steph Curry. So it's always fun. to Well, watch it's, come on. If, we, if we're going to be a hundred percent honest, the, the three point shot is big in the NBA because, you know, Tony started using it and not on the yard. Yeah. I mean, I don't give me too much credit, but I am a very big influence. Uh, for people shooting. I mean, before Steph, not really, because he was after Steph. But I mean, Jimmer Fredette, everyone, he was. Uh, yeah, you know, hey, last week you said uh, that you can't. You said something as you were kind of, you know, in mem- you know, in memory of Halliburton being a king. You were saying like, you know, you can't get can't get too attached to players. You know, you can't like have an over affection of players. And I was I meant to call you out on that because i was gonna kind of mention jimmer and your your love affair yeah ongoing um i was a jimmer fanboy at one point you know when he was on the kings and maybe a little after he's off the kings and maybe i have a shanghai sharks jimmer jersey but that's not the point um i want what's best for the kings and i think what's best for them is if they sign jimmer but he really turned this team around (laughs) He's going to be averaging 45, I swear. 
Look he did it per, in China. Look at his per 36 minutes. That's yeah. the greatest stats. He's averaging 28. Shoot. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. It was, no, he's a um, – he's too good for the NBA. Oh, well. But, yeah. Um, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, Other than Jammer, there's no one else that's filled that void for me on the Kings' sense. So, I like all the players, but definitely no fan favorite sense ah. for me. But Halliburton was close. He was close, but right. nah, he, he he didn't he didn't hit it. He didn't hit that that heartstring like Jeremy did. But <laughs> not for you. <laughs> Anyways, do you have anything more to add as we come up on our hour well, ten? I was gonna say, speaking of former Kings, yeah. And Tyreek Evans available. Tyreek, yeah. I guess before we end this podcast, um, Kings waived Luke King yesterday, opening up another roster spot. And Tyreek Evans, he's coming back from a almost three-year NBA suspension for some drugs, uh, over the drug policy, and he's available. I'm seeing some, not really rumors, but some wishes that, the Kings bring back Tyreek. I, I don't think it's a terrible move. We need some wing depth. Again, he's been gone for three years. Who knows what kind of player he is now? But when he was in the league those last couple of years, um, he's always been a solid player. His three point shooting has been improving. Hopefully, he's been working on shooting for you know since he's been out of the league for so long. But I don't think he'd be a terrible pickup. I think he'd be a safe bet. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we're not really. I'm not really looking at this season for immediate results to our success. So I think bringing someone like Tyreek back wouldn't be the worst option. I wouldn't necessarily care if we didn't, but I also wouldn't necessarily be unhappy if we did. Uh, I'm kind of neutral on the subject. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think it can hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think it can hurt either. It's I'm not sure how many suitors he's going to have out there. I know he probably wants to come back to the NBA, but... um. Yeah, it can't hurt. I could imagine that he wouldn't mind coming back to a team he's played for, coming back to a team that has a couple of guys that he used to play with in Indiana. Yeah. Um, it's, it makes sense. It makes sense for both parties. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know. I don't know if that necessarily indicates by moving King. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily indicates that's coming, but something maybe. And I, I think it would be good. It can't hurt. Yeah, I, I think they're waving King. There was a reason behind it to open up that roster spot. So mm-hmm. they're they're definitely going to bring in someone. Right. Who that is, not sure. But yeah, Tyreek. If it happened to be Tyreek, I'd definitely definitely be okay with it. So be pretty cool. It'd be cool. You know, Tyreek's kind of a, a little legend in sack. He won that Rookie of the Year and. I know he never lived up to that hype that he did his, in his rookie year, but he was solid in sack and yeah. he was lovable player. And it'd be his third chapter here. Yeah, third chapter. I know. I remember we traded for him for uh, in the yeah. in the cousins trade, right? Yeah, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Because it was New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> know. It's so funny. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. Like what? It, it wasn't bad. I mean, I think it, a couple of years ago. I mean. A couple, maybe four years ago now, he was averaging like 19 a game in uh, Memphis. It's, mm-hmm. it's not bad. 
Right. He's, how old is he now? He's 30. Probably be 32 now. He's 32. So, I mean, not bad. He's having a couple years off. And yeah, he's averaging 19, 19 points a game back in 17, mm-hmm. 18. And that is, again, four or five a long years time ago. ago. He was 28. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he could, you know, it can't hurt. His three know. point shooting definitely was going up towards the end of his career. 35% in Indiana, 40 in Memphis. Even that one stint on the Kings, he's shooting 43%, 44 from three. So, uh, I the more wing depth, the better. Maybe even adding him can help Barnes move over to power forward, perhaps. But I don't, I don't, wouldn't expect Evans to get big minutes and sack anyway. Right. But who knows? Who knows? Sure. He's kind of a wild card at this point with the amount of years he's been away. But right. Yeah. It'll be interesting. We'll see. We'll see what the Kings do with that last roster spot. I agree with that. All right. Anything else? I think that's uh that's it. All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning into Kings Talk this week. Uh, enjoy your NBA All Star weekend. I hope it's exciting. I hope there's some good dunks and uh Maybe some good plays, maybe some competitiveness in the All Star game. But uh, I'm sure you'll all be watching. Yeah, I'm sure you'll all enjoy that. Yeah. So, you know, have fun this weekend and we'll talk to you next week. We'll see you all later.